the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It is an interesting week on Wall Street because we get the CPI number, consumer price deflation, and we get a Fed meeting. And then ultimately, we're in the in the clear for the year as far as big reports coming out. Let's talk about what we're seeing today. Today's the CPI side of the fence. But before we get to that, let's talk about what we saw a little bit yesterday. Um NASDAQ was up 1.2%. The SP 500 up 1.4%. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.5%. 10 year Treasury sits at 3.6%. A really, that's an area where markets can get a little bit constructive and positive um, from what we've seen historically throughout the year. And again, historically throughout the year, it's like, uh, does a linear make history? Not really. Tesla lost 6% yesterday. It's really feeling like Elon Musk is. Uh, over-focusing on Twitter and kind of losing his mojo at Tesla. It's way too early to say, but that's what investors are saying, that he's obviously going to have to use Tesla as a piggy bank to help solve problems of Twitter. Sam Bankman-Fried won't be able to talk his way out of this one. He was arrested yesterday in the Bahamas. An island nation, American authorities explained that it came at their request. The U.S. criminal charges against Sam Bankman-Fried won't be unsealed until today. But according to the New York Times, they include wire fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy, securities fraud, securities fraud, conspiracy, and money laundering. Um, his aw shucks, I wasn't in the know vibe. It's not going to sell. Um, he's getting bad advice or he's acting not with his lawyer's best uh, advice in mind. Just throwing that down, it, it strongly looks like this man's going to jail. And his, he had a brokerage platform. He had a hedge fund. The hedge fund was borrowing from the brokerage platform. The hedge fund was borrowing from client assets. Can you imagine putting your money in the bank and you go to get it out a year later because you want a down payment on a house? And they're like, sorry, someone used your money. Bernie Madoff admitted his guilt pretty quickly. Sam Bankman Freed is trying to, to hide and say he's ignorant. He's just, I didn't know. My girlfriend was running the hedge fund and I didn't know what she was doing. I should have done a tie. Like, no, that's, that doesn't fly. Ignorance is not, is not an excuse in the eyes of the law. So yesterday, a scientist at the California's Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory successfully produced a nuclear fusion reaction with a net energy gaining, meaning it produced more energy than it used. This is a huge breakthrough. It has the potential to create energy to power the world without producing carbon or radioactive waste. It'll be a long time before nuclear fusion becomes commercially viable, but this is the second time in my 25 years of doing this 
financial podcast that I've got to talk about nuclear fusion. The first one was all fraud. The first one, they're like, oh, we got it. And then in the coming months, they didn't have it. Supreme Court rejected a bid by major tobacco companies to block a statewide ban on flavored tobacco products that was voted in by Californians last month saying we're not going to get involved. Elsewhere out there, let's hit today. I think this is a big one. Um, November CPI cools and markets heat up in a big way. Uh, One Wall Street brokerage firm today said the market could go up 10% if the consumer inflation number was friendly. And it was friendly. Was it friendly enough to get us a 10% rally? Something that's never happened in my lifetime in one day. But um, 7.3% year over year. It's up only 7.3% year over year. The month-to-month increase was very constructive of saying we're not going to be having this conversation a year from now. Total CPI was up one-tenth of a percent month over month. Expectations were about three-tenths of a percent on a month-to-month. And again, month-to-month is different than year over year. Non-core CPI was up only 6% versus 6.3% in October. Showing you that the numbers are coming down fast enough. I think you're getting the vibe that only is the key that it's still a pretty big number on a year over year. But if we're starting to look for the light at the end of the tunnel, if we're starting to look for, can we finally stop talking about inflation and move on to jobs? And can we move on from jobs to corporate profits? It's a little bit of a breather. It's, it's moving in the right direction. Um, so the Fed tomorrow will have this encouraging inflation report. Now, what did the Fed say tomorrow? Will it happen to draw more attention to services inflation as a basis to emphasize the Fed still has a lot of work to do to get down to the target rate of 2%? I think everyone thinks the Fed will be happy if it gets down to 3 to 4%. 6% still very sticky and very high, but on a year-over-year number, that's the problem. On a month-to-month, it seems to be working in our favor. So the stock market's wrapped up in the headlines. And the thought there is that the clearance now could unleash a year-end rally. Starting Thursday, maybe Wednesday afternoon after the Fed's done with their final move of the year. So that's the big story of the day. In my opinion, it doesn't get bigger than that. Um, dueling stories between the SEC has charged Sam Bankman fried and accused him of orchestrated massive years-long fraud. Um or is it the inflation rates coming down just to skosh? Uh, I think we're all pretty happy to see that inflation number coming down. Listen to this sad statistic. Just one in three Americans understands a crucial component to planning smartly for retirement, and that could prove very, very costly. Some 73% of American workers say they're on track for a comfortable lifestyle in retirement. Pros say the general rule of thumb is you want to replace 60 to 80% of your pre-retirement income. If you use that as baseline, which is typically a different amount for everyone, the majority of households today are under saving. Workers have estimated median retirement savings of $93,000 with baby boomers reporting a total savings of just $202,000. That's it. That's it. That's not enough. That's only going to replace about 55%. Um, that's only for the boomers. I'm going to replace about 40% of their income, not 70 to 80%. That's worthy of note.
Very few people have understanding of asset allocation. I work with EP Wealth, um, and I'm always constantly impressed with the smart brains that help me with my portfolio decisions. So procrastinating on retirement investing is a, a scourge. Percent of workers who are not considering retirement investing by age. Um, we're getting more and more people who just don't even, they go, I can't even get a down payment for a house, let alone get enough money saved for retirement. And I say start small, but starts early. Um, my kids have acorn accounts where it's tied towards, you know, dad's credit card and, and anything that I spend money on saves a buck or two bucks every, every purchase for them. I barely feel it. Um, if you have a 401k at your work, I have a new producer in the last couple of months. Um, he should get at the 401k at the, the office and do the 3% match. Then after that, if he wants to increase to 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%, 15% of his salary is where he's going for. If you can't do that, you're not going to be able to retire. In my opinion, you have to replace your income. And to do that, you have to save a big chunk of your income, up to 15%. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Okay. I'm going through the process of deciding, am I going to see Disney's avatar? Interesting, right? Disney's avatar. They acquired the film when they acquired Fox and a lot of their media businesses. It's kind of interesting, in my opinion. To break even, the movie's going to have to be the third or fourth highest grossing film of all time. Top grossing film of 2022 so far has been Top Gun Maverick, which has pulled in about $1.5 billion. It's number 11 on the list. So James Cameron's latest movie comes out December 16th, 13 years after the first movie which means it's going to, the marketing is very, very, it's challenged. Uh, for me to say, yeah, kids, this was one of the first computer generated sets. Ah, heck, let's just go see it kind of thing. So it has to pull in $2 billion. Traditionally, this is going to require a huge marketing effort and Disney's going kind of the opposite way. Leading up to the release of what aims to be the blockbuster of the year, Disney appears to be utilizing the least popular tool in the marketing playbook, which is restraint. They haven't shown a lot of the um, movie, and it's getting amazing reviews. There's marketing partnerships and product tie-ins galore, enlisting the likes of Mattel and McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Panasonic. They debuted an Avatar video game trailer. As the film was set to launch four months before the film's December 18th release, they even created Avatar Day, screening 16 minutes of the film footage in IMAX theaters around the globe on August 21. So looking around this week, though, mere days before Avatar The Way of the Water's premiere, it's actually hard to find any marketing beyond the teasers and the trailers. Kellogg's has adapted Frosted Flakes to Pandora Flakes, featuring Blueberry Blue Moons, which just doesn't sound right. Mercedes-Benz has created an electric concept car called the AVTR, the Avatar, which has sustainability goals and gains, I suppose. 
trying to tie it into the movie. If you take a look at Black Panther, the sequel Wakanda Forever, which had brand product tie-ins, McDonald's, Lexus, Dita, Sprite, Zero, uh, Target, Procter Gamble, MasterCard, Mac Cosmetics, the NBA, the Xbox. Adidas even created Wakanda Forever-inspired workouts in a Runtastic app. So why isn't Disney going to the wall on this one? It's kind of interesting. Cameron is, if anything, confident in his skills. Back in 1997, he told Howard Stern that he forfeited all of his earnings in order to finish making Titanic, which was running over budget. He knew in 2009 that once audiences experienced even a 16-minute touch of Avatar, it would build a bigger appetite for the whole meal. So I'm sucked in. I'll probably see it this weekend or next weekend sometime soon. Elsewhere that we're getting sucked into the World Cup. Um, for bars and restaurants across the United States, it is a, 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 I don't want to say godsend, but Americans have been getting up at five o'clock, eight o'clock, 11 a.m., going to bars, watching the games. It brings up the casual fan, which if you bring in the casual fan back to the movie theater to go see something along the lines of Avatar, the way of the water, if you bring in, it's a good thing. You need those casual fans. You don't need the diehard fans. Diehard fans are the diehard fans. But I've seen bars and restaurants across the United States start doing things like world tacos, you know, uh, Mexican tacos versus English tacos. Like, okay, okay, cute. I like it. Um, The United States, when we did our match against England on Black Friday, it pulled in 19.9 million viewers. So... Bars and restaurants are thrilled. It's like getting snow in November for a ski slope. It's it's it, the snow came early. Kind of nice to see. Trying to get back to to where we were. It's it's an odd theme. Speaking of Ticketmaster's in trouble yet again. They're facing a fine of an unprecedented number of people. Um, have been sold fake tickets to a Bad Bunny concert. Fake tickets are a problem to the point that you really have to be careful where you're buying your tickets from. Um, I've seen a good friend, his daughter bought aftermarket tickets online and it looked like a legit site. It looked like a Ticketmaster relationship or it looked like it had a StubHub relationship and it didn't. Shows up to the concert, someone's already gone in with a ticket. So they sold the same ticket twice and may the fastest person get there is the idea. I I don't know. Um, But Mexico's consumer protection agency said in an interview that Ticketmaster is going to be forced to pay a fine of up to 10% of its earnings in 2021. He added that Ticketmaster will have to reimburse fans the price of the tickets plus an extra 20% of the tickets price. 1,600 complaints that they were denied entry to the concert. Mexico City concert was the last stop on Bad Bunny's world's hottest tour. And again, didn't know. I couldn't name one Bad Bunny song. That's how much of a bad DJ I am. But Live Nation's been facing a Department of Justice antitrust investigation since before the Taylor Swift fiasco. Um, so Taylor Swift tickets went on sale yesterday. So if you were one of Ticketmasters, you were on that list of 14 million people. They sent out a couple more emails yesterday and said, we got a couple more tickets. Almost as if they're trying to Make nice. Um, I like that. 
some Twitter staff is are cut off. Musk didn't see uh, Musk is sending out emails in the middle of the night, letting people know they've been fired or let go. And it's pretty. Oof. I'm having a tough time watching what he's doing with Twitter. Not that the Twitter holds any dear space close to my heart. It just feels um, like his cousins are there. It, yeah, there was a lot of real people that had real jobs there. And now it's almost like a playground for a platform. More than 100 Twitter employees were deactivated from Slack by Sunday afternoon over the weekend, finding out that, you know, if you didn't check your emails, you didn't know you were even out of a job. It just feels wrong. Um, and I know you're saying you're you're like a bleeding heart. I, maybe I am. Maybe I am. So cooler than expected consumer price index for November, the S&P 500 opening above its 200-day moving average, big drop in treasury yields and a weakening dollar. Strength in mega cap stocks are bolstering the broader market today. In the end, this is not going to be the flag that we're like, this was the day. There's going to be multiple days where we say inflation was beaten. It, it's it's not the war is won in one day. It, it's You have to win a lot of little battles. So the core CPI was up only 6% versus 6.3% in October. And that's still a very high number, and the year's over. We're in November. We're well, that's November's number. So we're in December now. I'm liking the short-term trends. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Inflation cools again in November, sending stocks soaring. It's worthy of note that we're about an hour into the trading day. Uh, so I do the show roughly from six to nine, uh, put together somewhere between four, six and eight segments that I boil down to four segments for the podcast. Uh, I'm trying to give you the time frame that I'm reporting on the SP 500 opened higher and it's actually creep pulling back a little bit. Dow Jones Industrial Average opened up 400 points, now up 300 points. The NASDAQ opened up 300 points, it's up 270 points. So it's a nice day with the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000 up over 2%, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up just roughly 1%, not keeping pace, which is fine. We're not asking it to do that. Uh, But it's a little bit of a muted response. Bitcoin is getting some life at $17,776 per coin, even though some of the headlines today are not very Bitcoin friendly. What do I mean by that? There's two of them. Sam Bakeman freed. Uh, his criminal charges have been unsealed. Conspiracy to defraud the United States, wire fraud, securities fraud, money laundering. Um, I get the feeling he's going to be made an example of. And Binance temporarily halted withdrawals of stable coins as investor concerns melt after the FTX collapse. I don't own any digital assets that I know of. And I'm not in a rush to go out and get digital assets. What's wrong with the U.S. dollar is my question. I know you're saying, oh, I could tell you what's wrong with the U.S. dollar. <laughs> Please don't. Okay, let's move on. Um so Ticketmaster is in some hot water with Bad Bunny on top of Taylor Swift. 
it brings up the question, you know, in games like Monopoly, you kind of become a jerk once you have a whole row of properties and you've got houses on them and then hotels on them and you're kind of like, pay up, pay up. You just, you owe me money on solo. You landed on my property. Ticketmaster kind of has every concert. Not quite, but it feels that way. So Ticketmaster merged with Live Nation and let the fees and service costs pile up. And that's where, that's interesting. That's where one area that you could get some real reform. And Ticketmaster, if they were to issue their tickets on blockchain, there would be no fake tickets. I would be, that's, that's one actual good use of blockchain. Um, we hear the sensational stories of bands like Weezer saying, we're going to sell one golden ticket. It's going to cost a hundred thousand dollars. All the money is going to go to the band, but you can come to any show you want anywhere in the world. And you're like, that's kind of interesting. That's the glorified ticket story. But how about the, um, concert coming up? in six weeks where 18,000 tickets are sold, but 22,000 are bought because 4,000 are fake. You don't have to have fake with crypto. A financial planner is saying nothing is more important than cash or recession. Um, I like listening to financial planners. It is a certification that I adore. Um, it is not a senior vice president. It is not a, it is not an accreditation that comes lightly. So the only people I'm going to get on this show to pass on to you, the market experts, strategists, and CFPs. So the CFP is saying tighten up your budget with a potential recession looming. We still expect that in 2023, just because inflation numbers are coming down on a month-to-month basis doesn't mean we will avert a recession. Although the employment numbers are so strong. They, they are creating, creating inflation because people have jobs, they spend their paycheck. And in a tight economy, people are able to say, hey, pay me more money. You know, I can make $20 cooking eggs and bacon here. I can make $25 over there cooking eggs and bacon. I'll take my services elsewhere. So CFP says tighten up your budget. Have you looked at your budget? I like to look at my budget. My spouse does not like to look at our budget. You want to save for predictable expenses. There's annual expenses that you can safely predict will occur. Try to save a predetermined amount each month to the, uh, before your funds get dwindled into other smaller emergencies versus a bigger one. For me, I have my cash at a company called Flourish. It's an online bank. It's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H. Yielding over 3.5% on my cash, which... It's interesting to note, I sold a home over a year ago and I still have some of that, the proceeds in cash. I was not going to cash flow three and a half percent in the property. The equity was building it faster than three and a half percent, but that has since gone sideways for last year. So actually my money in the bank earned more than it would have if it was still in the property. And there's a lot of things that are going on in that statement. So let's not, you know, write it down and put it in stone tablets. But a three and a half percent yield, like, and again, this is something you have to do. If you have a home that's paid for, you're losing money. I know you're saying, but I'm saving money on the interest payments to the mortgage company. I know. 
but if you've paid it off, you're losing to inflation. So this year, your home was worth a million dollars paid off, right? It's losing about 7% year over year in value. The dollars inside of it, the walls, the equity is losing purchasing power. Just something worthy of note because mine, I sold a property, still have a lot of it in cash, is yielding three and a half to almost 4%. That's a pretty good rate of return. Historically speaking, not really, but in the last 20 years, yes. If you're seeing a recession looming, pay off your high interest debt. Consider using any extra income right now to pay down your high interest debt. Your credit card debt is what I'm looking at. If you have a good credit score, it may be worthwhile to consolidate your credit card debt into unsecured personal loans. This may provide you with significantly lower interest rates, allowing you time to pay down the debt. Um, if you're looking at a recession, a CFP says one good thing to consider is looking at a part-time job or a side gig. The income can help you achieve various goals, such as paying down debt quicker, building an emergency fund, and creating extra cash flow. Consider using your current skill to start a side gig, such as consulting, creating an online course, or writing a blog. I'm not going to do this because I don't have a lot of respect in my industry for people who do um, seminars to teach you how to be an investor. I don't have a lot of respect for people who are like, I'm going to charge you $500 a month to teach you what I do. It's just, I don't think it could be taught. And I'd rather have the accreditation of a CFP actually helping me. Um, I could pull off a side gig and teach kids how to invest and get five parents to send five kids charge 20 bucks an hour. I could eat steal candy from a baby, right? I just don't like it. It's not my thing. Um, I see people in my industry say, oh, um, you can either work with a financial planner or I can teach you what I do. Or you can take 13 classes, 15 classes, 15 one-hour seminars. Um, I don't think it works like that. I do think you can learn a lot of the tips, hints, and tricks. I do think you can learn that you have to save money, you have to invest money, and you have to earn money. I, I do think you can learn how to set up a diversified portfolio. But when you start actively managing it, I don't think you can learn that through seminars. And if you're talking about stock options, forget about it. Oh, I saw a supercut of Jim Cramer's last two years. He's looking pretty bad calling Sam Bankman free JP Morgan. <laughs> Uh, he had Elizabeth Holmes on from uh, Theranos, and she's going to jail. And he was like, "You're you're like Steve Jobs. You're you're doing it. I'm so proud of you." And like, it just it's a little bit cringy now. And again, we all make mistakes. You know, I, I'm not a scientist. I I couldn't go into the labs and see what Theranos was doing or not. I could tell you that there's a company doing it now. So her science and her speculation wasn't that far off. They just didn't have it yet. And again, it's going to be interesting to see her in jail for 10 years. When she comes out of jail, she'll probably be able to afford the test that she wanted to sell. Interesting. Um, and if we're heading into recession, CFP gives some pretty good advice of delay big purchases. Uh, you know, I bought a home 18 months ago, and I've tried to make this show as honest of a representation as possible. 
I've got a little bit of work to do. Uh, the first year was very expensive because the owner of the property had it set up as a rental and she was milking it. Not doing a lot of improvements. So the first year was really expensive. Second year is becoming less expensive, but I still have some big projects that I want to do. So I expect to put about 1% of my home's value back into repairs and upkeep every year. So am I delaying big purchases right now? You see, I'm not that much of a splurger, but I'm not turning in my car and going, I, I kind of need a new car smell. One minute. I'm not doing that. Oh, for, for the record, people up in Tahoe hate Teslas. Just so you know, a couple of Teslas got stuck uh, right in front of a ski resort because this is where I don't get about Gavin Newsom. How are we going to mandate electric vehicles when they don't operate well in cold weather? Their charge doesn't work as well. There's been a lot of reviews from Ford electric vehicle uh, customers saying, you know, I'm trying to tow something 100 miles and, you know, the $300 charge goes out in about 40 miles. It's just, it's not, I don't ever be able to mandate this. I don't know that the mandates are going to stick if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Towing capacity of electric vehicles is severely reduced, as is the ability to operate functionally in freezing weather. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I was listening to some analysts yesterday talk, and it got me thinking a little bit. Um, the phenomenon on Tesla that created people who would buy Teslas with their investments in Tesla. A little bit of money became a lot of money and a lot of conditions were ripe for it, including an industry that didn't really want to change. That was slowly changing miles per gallon. And then Elon Musk and Tesla, not the founder of Tesla, just an early investor in Tesla who took over the CEO mantle. Um, and has probably done a lot of the engineering ideas and concepts like Steve Jobs. Just go out and do it. But Elon Musk is showing himself to be quite quirky this year. Now, we've always seen the quirkiness um, from his Asperger's and his self-cut haircuts and situations like uh, Tesla selling a really stinky cologne, Tesla selling a flamethrower. Um, and you're like, well, what's this all about? Can't we just focus on cars and factories? And he's a showman, but we're seeing a lot of quirkiness in him this year. Um, earlier in the show, I was talking a little bit about Jim Cramer and how there's some super cuts on YouTube, basically showing every mistake he's ever made. And the recent John Stewart podcast really took, you know, again, shots at him again for his failure on Bear Stearns when he's like, the bank's not going out of business. It's acting like it's going out of business. It's not going out of business. And the next day it went out of business. He's catching a lot of flack right now. And you kind of have to in this industry. You have to put yourself out there. You have to say things like, uh, did I sell at the top last year? No. You have to be humble about it. And I think that's where TV loses some of its appeal. I don't think he comes across as humble. 
Um, I think he comes across as loud. I like him ultimately. I think he does good by getting people interested in investing. I think he does bad by trying to show them how he was a hedge fund manager and how he operates. You too could operate because I don't think the average person can pull it off. Um, I'm just throwing that down. I, again, some people you can like and dislike all at the same time. But he looks a little cringy when he's comparing Sam Bankman-Fried four weeks ago to J.P. Morgan and the Rockefellers. And you're just like, ooh, that didn't age well. Um, but he's also not in the business of, of boring. He's a showman. He's got to make mistakes. Ticketmaster is in hot water after facing a fine and unprecedented number of people who were sold fake tickets to Bad Bunny concert. Here's what I think is going to happen. Live Nation is an interesting stock. I don't think it's broken. I don't know if our Congress can get enough, for lack of a better word, enough their their stuff together to really punish them. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Disgraced ex-FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried hit with eight-count federal indictment today. There's a lot on this story. And I blame the obvious. Like Jamie Dimon is basically called cryptocurrencies pet rocks. He doesn't get it. And I like Jamie Dimon enough and I respect him enough to say, hey, I'm not going to fight you, old man. I'm not going to say like, uh, he's an old man. He doesn't get cryptocurrencies. Him and Warren Buffett, whatever they say, I'm not going to say it's a religion to me. I'm not going to say it's, it's written down on stone tablets. It's, I'm not going to carry it up on a mountain and prophesize it. Jamie Dimon is, I think, a pretty smart fellow. And he would say things like, um, why are they set up in the Bahamas? What could they possibly want in the Bahamas? Um, and it, it's a pretty good point. If Sam Bankman-Fried had set up FTX in five miles outside of Stanford, we'd be like, ah, we get it. He wants to be near the college talent and he wants, we get it. He wants to be close to the VCs, the venture capitalists, the people who are going to profitalize for him the benefits of cryptocurrencies. His issue, it's it's fraud. It's that he had a hedge fund working with his investment platform and commingling assets and taking client assets and spending them and donating them to Republicans and Democrats. He was smart enough to buy media ads, knowing that that would put less scrutiny on him from the journalist of those media institutions. Sometimes you have to step back, and I, this is going to be a controversial statement. Sometimes you have to step back and go, that was a pretty good crime. I think that's why we like those like money heist shows. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a quick look at the markets. Uh, we opened higher on a cooler than expected November on consumer prices. This is exactly what we wanted to hear. But tomorrow, we need to wait for the Federal Reserve to see what they're going to say about this number. And when asked, 
I think what the Fed wants to do, and this is just me pulling a lot of media sources together for you. I think the Fed wants to keep rates going sideways for a year and not stimulate or punish the economy with higher rates to slow inflation, to slow growth, or to stoke inflation and growth with lower rates. I, they, If they can get a year of 2023 of doing nothing, I think they would be pretty generally happy. Anyhow. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you want to work with a financial planner, now at the end of the year is a good time to start making these arrangements, getting to know each other, setting meetings before the end of the year. The year moves fast, doesn't it? Here we are in December, wrapping up November's inflation numbers, and it was better than expected. Now we have to get through the Fed meeting tomorrow and what they have to say. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 